Thank you for listening, but please be advised that I don't just believe shit I hear on podcasts, and you shouldn't either. Be skeptical and confirm information before sharing it. Please also be advised that I am a foul-mouthed bitch. No, just kidding, really, but I do swear, and I don't take the time to bleep stuff out. So, listener discretion is advised. Oh, and this is episode 50! situation here in Hawaii earlier this evening, the uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami the threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down from Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern... Hi, I'm Ruby, and this is episode 50 of Living Through Extinction. 50 episodes, y'all. Though that's really only 38 since I took over on my own. Jason helped me get started with the first 12 before he decided the podcast life wasn't for him just yet. I didn't realize I'd be picking it back up again, but a few months later I found myself in kind of a dark place and for some reason decided to give it a shot on my own. Jason had had the equipment and the know-how, but I gave a couple episodes a shot with a phone in a closet just to see how it felt, and it felt great. I liked the reading that preceded recording, I enjoyed voicing that information when, when recording. I found it a release. Therapeutic. And I sometimes get to use my skeptical segment to rant and rave about shit that pisses me off, so very therapeutic. So I winged it, committing to an episode every two weeks, eventually finding a format that felt right and would allow me to talk about the things that excite me and the things that I think matter. Not that it's all about me, but I am the only one here. In case this is your first listen to Living Through Extinction, I talk about science and skepticism, cover environment and wildlife stories, and try to focus on a segment that shows how we as people can do better for future generations. That might have something to do with sea level rise or how we grow our food. Or it might have something to do with sexual health or media literacy. I either end it with a story that made me smile, or I share something about myself. And the entire show is almost always under 30 minutes. If you've joined me before, then thank you so much for returning. If this is your first time listening to Living Through Extinction, welcome! I hope you find it both fun and informative. I have a very short, skeptical segment for you today. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. For him to be whining about bodily autonomy over health measures in a country where the bodily autonomy of women is being tossed completely out the window is fucking disgusting. For him to consider himself cancelled just because he had to sit out for a little while shows his privileged mindset. To call himself cancelled while speaking on a public forum is its own special kind of ignorance. His claims of discrimination are a slap in the face to those who have actually experienced real discrimination over things about themselves that they cannot control. Every word out of his mouth was pandering, deflective bullshit. I don't need to go into details of this one because someone else has already done so in way more detail than I ever could. So once again, I am sending you to Dogma Debate. Wait, no. I keep doing that. It's not Dogma Debate anymore. While it still does do Dogma Debates, it's now found under the David C. Smalley podcast. Smalley is S-M-A-L-L-E-Y. He dissected every word of that fucking asshole Aaron Rodgers and the bullshit statement he gave. So go to episode 561 of the David C. Smalley podcast to get a good analysis of just how messed up that statement was. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. And be skeptical, damn it. A company called G95, who used to be known as Bioscarf, has an interesting idea, though it's a bit pricey for the average person. 
They're selling face masks in packs of 30 for around $70, or was it 75 More than I can put out for masks in a single shot, anyway. The Ocean Shield disposable mask is made entirely out of plant-based PLA materials, which are 100% biodegradable in 90 days when exposed to the elements. The bags they ship in, the filters, and the individual wrappings are also all apparently 100% plant-based and completely biodegradable. When one is used, the purchaser puts it and its wrapper back in the bag they came in. Again, there's 30 in a pack. Once you've gone through them all, seal the bag and send it back for free. They will apparently recycle them. If, however, someone loses or just does not send them back and they end up in landfills or one of our waterways anyway, they will be gone in 90 days. That's pretty awesome if all these claims end up being true. They're also giving $1 credits for every mask returned, and if you find a mask on the street and send it to them that isn't theirs, they'll give you a credit of $0.25 cents for each one of those as well, and claim that they will also recycle them. I love that they are completely biodegradable, but I feel like my reusable ones are still kind of great. I haven't worn through any. Everyone in my household is still using the ones we got when all of this started. Give it a few years, though, and I guess cloth masks will be adding to the textiles waste issue I talked about with Jason on episode 9. So I may have to rethink my position at some point. Maybe the better options will be more affordable in a few years. I'm finding the potentials in MIT's plant sciences very intriguing. They've been working for years at MIT on someday being able to use plants as light sources. In 2017, there was success, but just barely, as often is when just figuring something out. Watercress plants were made to emit a very dim light for a rather short period of time. They use specialized nanoparticles which easily absorb and store light, releasing it gradually. The plants could be recharged several times after being embedded. More recently, the researchers at MIT have released a paper in Science Advances about their latest generation of glowing plants. This new gen is reported to be 10 times brighter than the first, so that's definitely notable progress. What they use this time is a compound called strontium aluminate. It can be formed into nanoparticles, which they use to create their phosphor. The phosphor can absorb both visible and ultraviolet light and slowly release it as a phosphorescent glow. The particles are several hundred nanometers in diameter and are infused through the small pores on the surface of leaves called stomata. If you've had a kid in grade school, you may remember this from the plant pictures they'd bring home and have to label for homework. When exposed to a blue LED for 10 seconds, the plants emit light very brightly for five minutes and continue to emit light for an hour, dimming as time elapses. The plants can continue to be recharged for two weeks. So far, this has been proven in basil, watercress, tobacco, and Thailand elephant ears, but apparently there's no reason it will not work in any plant with leaves. Larger leaves obviously being great because they provide more light. Now, if you're wondering about plant harm, I did too. The nanoparticles are coated in a silica which protects the plant from being damaged when they're embedded. Testing has shown that it is not interfering with any of the plant's natural processes. They are still photosynthesizing. They are still evaporating water through their stomata. So far, no issues have been found in any of the plant's normal natural functions. Researchers now hope to combine the technologies used in each of the generations of light-emitting plants to produce even brighter, longer-lasting glows. One of the other goals is to make reapplication a simple thing anyone could do 
by being able to apply it in the form of a spray. This would unfortunately never work for me because I've killed every houseplant I ever owned. Except that one aloe vera that Johnny rescued for me and brought back to life. But I still find it fascinating and can't wait for the third generation to be announced so we can see how much further they're able to take it. I'm having a selfish main segment for my 50th episode. I'd like to talk about the fact that I've spent the last two years doing something I always found too intimidating to try, and now I find myself at 50 episodes, and I'm still thrilled about the whole process. It's also nice to know that it's a mostly emission-free hobby. In the beginning, I was driving to Jason's once a week, so it was doing quite a bit more damage then, but since doing it from home, my only emissions would be the initial equipment I eventually purchased, the charging of the laptop, and the light in the closet. To really understand the current environmental cost of my podcast, I would have to understand how long each of the hardware products will last before needing replacement. If the show goes longer than the equipment, then that would be a good time to reevaluate emissions. While my first couple episodes on my own were just on my phone with no plugins, I found a phone mic for about $40 after that, which worked for me for months. I still have it as a backup, just in case. When I finally got a computer, things got a bit better, but I was slow to learn. I'm still having issues with some things. I feel like I can't get the microsecond specificity with GarageBand that I get with my voice recorder app. And I get that's probably just me needing to practice with it more. I need to make more time to learn more on GarageBand in the next year. Finally, earlier this year, I got the equipment to plug into the computer. I've padded the closet beneath the stairs and it is now part-time storage and part-time recording studio. It's actually rather comfortable in there now. Especially now that I've replaced that light bulb. Got a heatless LED bulb now, which I will really appreciate next summer. There was some evolving over the first year, but I think I finally got a format I like. I don't envision it changing anytime soon, but who knows how feelings might change three months from now, right? Anyways, now approaching the second anniversary, I finally have a computer and a mic and an interface and all that fun shit, and I've mostly figured out GarageBand, though I still prefer fine-tuning on the app I have on my phone and iPad. Oh! And I finally finished foaming up the space I record in. Progress! I'm sure there's still lots of progress to be made, but I'm actually pretty alright with things for now. In celebration of 50 episodes, I upped my Libsyn subscription for a month to see where people are listening from. I was most interested in the most recent complete month, so took my information from the month of October. That would have included episodes 46 and 47, both of which I wasn't very happy with, but whatever. In that 31-day period, I was listened to in 13 countries. The top three surprised me. I figured Canada, US, and UK, but the top by far is the US, followed by Canada and Germany. The UK is actually fourth. In the US, the top three states also surprised me. Ohio, then Iowa, then California. I only really expected California out of the three. In Canada, it's no surprise that the top three provinces are Manitoba, Ontario, Saskatchewan. My home base and the provinces on either side. If you are a listener in Germany, send me an email. Tell me something about you and how you found the show. Just let me know if your name has to be kept out of it in case I decide to share. That goes for any of you, really. I'd be fascinated to learn more about my audience. You folks in Australia, France, Peru, the Netherlands, Belgium, the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada. You individuals in Cambodia, Mexico, Vietnam, and Slovakia. Who are you? What brought you to this little indie podcast? Moving over to the Patreon side of things, I'm going to be rethinking my tears. Apparently the information is in on tree planting, and it turns out it may not be a very good way to offset emissions after all. 
This was very surprising to me, and it's something I'm going to look more into and probably do a segment on before I make my final decision. If it turns out to be true, I'll probably want to come up with another idea. Whether or not changes are made will be announced on the same episode as that segment ends up on. Speaking of upcoming episodes, I'm planning a few heavier topics for 2022. Depending on how things go and how I end up feeling about talking about these things, I hope to have one on sexual assault, one on mental health, and one on domestic violence out within a year. While these are heavy-ass topics, I believe they are also incredibly important. When the time comes, there will be content warnings, both in the recordings and throughout the social medias. That probably means less listens, but I've been that person who has to avoid those things, and I get it. I don't want anyone listening if it can do them harm in any way. Another topic I'm working on is media literacy. This is something the skeptical side of me is extremely passionate about. Everything should come together for that one in the next couple months for sure. Maybe I'll get on a roll and have it ready for the next episode, but not likely. That one will be about skepticism in day-to-day media, and will, of course, feature bits from Carl Sagan's The Demon Haunted World and James Randi's Flim Flam. I'm rereading both before recording this episode, though, so completion of that will dictate when it can be done. Skepticism is something I hold dear. Skeptical inquiry is a process that leads to elimination and illumination. Sometimes you may be forced to eliminate a strongly held idea from your mind because it is shown to be definitively false. Sometimes the facts around something become illuminated, and even if you did not accept it as a truth before, you must do so now. A skeptic must be intellectually honest, no matter how much they like or despise an idea. Skeptical topics over the next year will include how reliable our memories are, or are not, as the case actually is, stories of the Cottingen fairies, stories of the despicable Warrens, And I also intend to get one in on atheist activism and why it matters as much as any other activism. Oh, and this one may be a while, but I also want to do a skeptical look into the inherent racism in the justice system in the U.S. Other skeptical topics planned include essential oils, more ridiculous lies being spread by Republicans, ear candling, healthcare share ministries, United States founding father myths, and of course, more logical fallacies. The environment and wildlife segments are going to continue to just be me sharing recent stories or studies that catch my attention, so I really can't give any hints of what's to come in those areas. I hope there will be more positive things to share next year than negative, but we'll have to wait and see. And I plan to continue to close with a short segment either about something that made me smile or by sharing some random story about myself. The goal being to not end on a negative note, as some of the main topics can sometimes be a bit depressing. And that's the plan, man! What do you think? How does the format as it is now feel to you? Are there any changes you would like to have considered? If so, email me at livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to another 50 episodes. The final episode scheduled for 2022 will bring me to 75, so I'll probably take a fresh look at the stats and who is listening where at that time. I hate to get ahead of myself, but the way things are currently going, the show should hit the 5,000 unique download mark in 2022 sometime at which time I hope you will all enter to win the package I'm still putting together. I don't want to post pictures until I have all of it, but I'm most of the way there now. Just one more thing to figure out, and then I can photograph it all, and a prize list can be posted. I'm not going to have a happier sharing segment this episode, because that's pretty much what this entire episode has been. Sharing my experience so far with this hobby of mine. And I'm definitely talking about something that makes me smile. I get a lot out of this project, mentally. So much about doing it and putting it out there just really puts a smile on my face. So if you can hear this, 
Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, so that was 50 episodes. Thank you for joining me. May your health and sanity be replenished daily. Thank you to Jason Martin for composing the intro-outro for the show, and thank you to Kathy Rayner and Paul Palmer for the musical contributions on the violin and guitar. I hope you will join me on December 16th for episode 51 of Living Through Extinction. situation here in Hawaii earlier this evening. The uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down. From Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear.